This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. This is Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hani Balkis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balkis, with Omnial Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, today is Monday. The 6th of February, and some part of me cannot believe it is still, or we have reached the 6th of February. Hopefully this month will go quickly, inshallah. But, ladies and gentlemen, in the tech news today, we're talking about new images that have shown UAE Sultan Niyadi in a SpaceX astronaut suit. Yes, indeed. He is definitely preparing for his long-haul mission, the six-month-long mission that we're going to give you that we're going to mm-hmm. be giving you all the latest details on. Coming up on today's show, we're also talking all about NASA and how they have recently devised some new smart balls that are a- actually able to kind of revolutionize the sport of rugby and football. How does that actually come into action? We're going to be getting into the details in just a bit. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, Elon Musk hits the headlines once again as Musk was found not liable in a Tesla tweet trial. Now, what is that all about? Well, have to tune in to find out. Yes, indeed. For all those of you who are actually going to be heading to Umrah uh, recently, we're going to be getting into more details on what type of tech has actually been used in the Grand Holy Mosque as well. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, try these new iPhone features now. The iOS 16.3, a new update, and we'll be telling you guys what the features and what the future of iOS holds right here on Future Talk. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup on everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. We're talking everything outer space, and more specifically, the latest preparations of our very own UAE astronaut Sultan Niyadi on his long-haul mission that is actually scheduled to begin later this month, more specifically on the 26th of February. Now, SpaceX has actually been releasing the latest updates, new images, as well as it tweets on what the preparations are, and the latest images that we've seen are showcased the UAE astronaut Sultan Aniyadi in his pressure suit, the one that he will be wearing during his flight to the International Space Station on the 26th of February. Yes, now ladies and gentlemen, these shots were taken during a training session last month at the SpaceX headquarters in Hawthorne, California. Now, Dr. Aniyadi and his three crewmates will head to the space station on a Dragon capsule, which will sit atop a Falcon 9 rocket that will be launched from the Kennedy Space Center in florida now ladies and gentlemen there are also new images of him training inside a crew capsule which he had and his colleagues will be flying in for about 22 hours to reach to the orbiting science laboratory now dr nayadi who does come from an it engineering background is now preparing to enter a mandatory two-week quarantine now ladies and gentlemen again this just goes to show that anyone can become an astronaut obviously the physicalities when it does come to physical capability do defer but again for the background i think all you need is to have an engineering background Mm. and uh, you're good to go now all astronauts will isolate before going to space to prevent any bacteria from spreading on their spaceship and into the international space station since these are enclosed environments and you wouldn't want bacteria flying around (laughs) inside the space station absolutely but it's also actually a reminder that outer space and traveling or going into outer space is not as glamorous as a lot of people think it is it takes a lot of effort mentally and physically now 
looking at it, he was actually addressing the public and giving out a speech earlier this weekend. And we've actually, uh, one question that he constantly got was, what are you going to do on a six month long mission? Why are you going to be there for that long? And the reason behind that is even with the six month period that they have, the, the time is actually not enough, believe it or not. There mm -hmm. are so many activities that they need to do as well as a lot of experiments that they are going to be testing out. So Dr. Adniyadi himself will actually be carrying out about 20 experiments that have been given by universities across the UAE, but he will also be doing research work assigned by NASA as well as maintenance work on the International Space Station. We've also seen that uh, Major Hazza Al-Mansouri, who is the backup astronaut for this mission, he has actually been training as well to make sure that if, God forbid, anything goes wrong, he is well equipped to take over uh, the duties of Sultan Al-Niyadi mm -hmm. so that the mission actually continues and nothing is put on pause. We've also seen that they have been communicating with the International Space Station. Being in the mission control, he will actually be kind of responsible for more uh, activities than before because now he actually knows how to operate the, st the rover itself or the uh, rocket itself. He's able to kind of do all the maintenance work as well on board. And so it's definitely going to be a very exciting time for us uh, back here on Earth and more specifically right here in the UAE. Yes. And again, ladies and gentlemen, we're looking at, you know, again, this is a team type of effort. Hazzad Mansouri, who was the first Emirati in space, is also excited for his colleague, who is Sultan Niyadi. These guys are a team and they have been with each other since the start. And also, we're looking at soon enough, ladies and gentlemen, when it does come to the lunar exploration going to the moon, we're also looking at a new team of Emirati astronauts who will be taking this task to go to the moon. And hopefully, inshallah, Omni and I will be talking about that soon. But ladies and gentlemen, four, two, one, five. Let us know your guys' thoughts. But we're talking all about smart footballs next. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Balls. That is what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, and not any type of ball, a smart ball that is devised by NASA scientists to set to revolutionize rugby and even, I'm not going to say football because I'm anti saying the word football you for say football. Soccer? No, no. They're talking about American football, Omnia. Ah, uh, so soccer. So, no. American football. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> so there's a there's a there's an argument going on. You can on clearly tell between the Europeans and the Americans. Yeah, one 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 says soccer and one says football. No, and what, yes, and one says football, but yeah. because Americans have took the word football for egg ball. I've never heard of egg ball. Right, egg ball. You're gonna see that. Amer uh, so it's a joke to the Europeans. They say to the Americans that you guys play egg ball because football. Uh, okay. Right. That took a while for so it you to get, kick. So, so rugby and American football are pretty got, much the same because I, they use the same type of ball. I got pictures of eggs and bread. Really, egg ball? Yeah. Okay, right. American football. Okay. And then you'll see. Anyways, long story short, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm not going to say football, I'm going to say American football or handball to be more specific. But again, ladies and gentlemen, imagine being able to work out the true value of a footballer with accurate scientific mm. data analysis. Is it hand egg? Hand egg. Yes, that's what they make fun of it. They call it hand egg. Oh, okay. Because in American football, they never, they, they rarely use their feet. Yeah. They never pump the ball with their feet. Yeah, they usually, it's usually used to argue the game's name, football. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so again, I'm going to just call it, uh, you know, football because... 
or American football. Anyways, tongue twister, my mind went a little bit blank right there. But ladies and gentlemen, we are looking at how we will be seeing data analysis being happening and scientific data research from these smart balls. Now, we are looking at a version of VAR that is faster and less controversial. So VAR, which is the virtual assisted referee or, you know, it was using AI on me in the World Cup as mm -hmm. well. We saw it. So again, ladies and gentlemen, that's how important technology is. We use technology even when it does come to combat sports and sports in general. Absolutely. Now, the so-called smart ball has actually been in development for six years, and it's now ready to be launched in rugby at this year's Six Nations Championship, which actually begins uh, this week. Now, the technology will actually be providing different statistics on kicks and passes that can be relayed in real time to teams and fans watching on TV. We've actually seen this technology being pioneered by the English sports data company Sportable, and they've developed alongside rugby ball manufacturer Gilbert, which actually uses a sophisticated technology in a lot of applications, not just specifically football. We've also seen that this specific type of technology has actually been a game changer, especially when we're talking about kind of making sure we keep track of scores, making sure we keep track of the technique that a lot of players use, because at the end of the day, there's no way for them to advance if they don't really know mm -hmm. how they're mm -hmm. playing step by step. Yes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, again, uh, you know, it's really interesting to see how far technology has went, because, again, when you think about anything smart, you think there's a computer in it. And we talk about computers. We talk about big, bulky, mm -hmm. you know, things. And how could that be put into a ball? What, how would that weigh it down? That would weigh it down and change the weight of the ball and the weight of the ball is very important to these professional athletes because they train hours and hours on end on a specific weight and if you're going to change that weight you're going to change the trajectory of the ball how the passes are maneuvered and so many other things but these uh you know these manufacturers have uh, you know mastered the way to make it not change the way you know that the ball is being played out now, it is actually pioneered by English sports data company Sportable and developed alongside rugby ball manufacturer Gilbert. Now, the sophisticated technology has myriad applications in virtually any ball sport. But again, just like Omnia did mention, it's so interesting and crazy how we're looking at these two manufacturers coming together. And, you know, when I reiterated it, I just mm. want to show and, you know, emphasize on how important the manufacturer and the ball went hand in hand together. So again, how does it work? That's a question that a lot of people are thinking about. Now, an ultra lightweight microchip and a battery sit just below the valve and a gyroscope is also embedded. Now, these also relay data to a suite of up to 20 portable sensor beacons and then on to computers on the side of the field, which is virtually in real time. So again, ladies and gentlemen, the development stage also does include placing the ball under extreme pressure at a laboratory in Laboro University using a robotic mechanical leg to ensure the chip does not break. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just looking at how crazy this is. And another thing I want to talk about is the future of sports when it does come to tech. Now, we are looking at how tech is changing the way sports is. Now, imagine, ladies and gentlemen, one, once upon a time something happens where mm. you don't have football players anymore. You have robots playing. and We've seen robots cheering yeah. when, at times of COVID when, when fans couldn't be in stadiums. But imagine this one, Mia. Mm robots cheering and you're probably saying but honey robots are all the same there wouldn't be any competitive outlook on it but what if the programmers were fighting each other or you know competing with each other who can code the best program and anti-code in real time oh my that God. is something <laughs> straight out of a star trek movie ladies and gentlemen four two one five let us know you guys thoughts we are taking a short break but when we come back we're talking all about the musk
Check this out. Check this out. Let's talk all about Elon Musk. It's been a while since I've talked about him. I'm not sure if you've talked about him on Thursday, but Elon Musk has officially been found not liable in a Tesla tweet trial. Now, he was actually sued by shareholders who said the tycoon acted recklessly in an effort to squeeze investors who had bet against the company. But judges have found that he's actually not liable for that. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, again, proven, uh, sorry, <laughs> innocent <laughs> until, until proven, proven guilty. guilty. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are looking at how jurors have actually cleared Elon Musk of liability for investors' losses in a fraud trial over his 2018 tweets, falsely claiming that he had funding in place to take Tesla private. Now, the tweets sent the Tesla share price on a roller coaster ride, and Elon Musk was sued by shareholders who said the tycoon acted recklessly in an effort to squeeze investors who had bet against the company. But, ladies and gentlemen, jurors did deliberate for barely two hours before returning to the San Francisco courtroom to say that they unanimously did agree that neither Musk nor the Tesla board did perpetuate fraud within the tweets and in their aftermath. So we are looking at how Elon Musk is guilt is innocent, and mm-hmm. again, he is not guilty. And uh, again, this is very crazy because we have been seeing Elon Musk be on the forefront of weird stuff happening to him when it does come to Twitter. Tesla just seems at this point he's just always in the court, you know, fighting a lawsuit. (laughs) It brings me back flashbacks of, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg used to travel all the way to the EU and be belittled by the parliament. And he He was always fined. And now I don't hear of him being fined. Facebook because now was, Elon Musk is. Yeah, because Facebook was always fined. He faced Elon, uh, Mark Zuckerberg always has to, you know, be appear in front of a court. It seemed at this point it was like, you know, an episode of Law and Order <laughs> and with, uh, with Mark Zuckerberg. But it looks like Elon Musk has took his place. And we are looking at how Elon Musk's, uh, you know, uh, Tesla and even Twitter are at the forefront of a lot of backlash. And for 2018 and for 2023, you're talking about five years of a mm. trial. So it's pretty long. Absolutely. Now, Musk testified during three days on the witness stand that his 2018 tweet about taking Tesla private at $420 a share was no joke and that Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund was serious about helping him do it. Now, to Elon Musk, if he believes it or even just thinks about it, then it's true, no matter how objectively false or exaggerated it may be. However, we've definitely seen that Tesla and its board were also to blame because they actually allowed Elon Musk to use his Twitter account to post news about the company. Now, the case revolved around a pair of tweets in which Musk said that the funding was secured for a project to buy out the publicly traded electric automaker. Then in a second tweet, he added that the investor support is confirmed. He also wrote just two words that were actually enough to to have him go through this entire hassle. He said, funding secure, which was technically inaccurate, according to uh, a lot of uh, people who were actually part of the case. We've also seen that Musk did not actually intend to deceive anyone with the tweets and had the connections and wealth to take Tesla private. That's what his uh, lawyers have actually been pushing for. And during the trial playing out in federal court in San Francisco, we've also seen that the tweets were actually kind of regarded like a reckless choice of words more than causing huge damage. 
We're actually going to be interested to see how that turns out for Elon Musk and what happens to Tesla shares as we definitely see that they are either skyrocketing or down in the dumps based on what he decides to share, his thoughts and how he shares them on uh, Twitter, his favorite platform. We'll be taking a very short break, but when we come back, we're actually talking about very interesting news when it comes to Google and their latest we could say race with ChatGPT that has definitely been making headlines everywhere. If you want to find out more details about that, all you got to do is tune into Future Talk. Check this out. Check this out. The fight continues, or my, may I say the race continues, between Google and ChatGPT. Now, for those of you who have no idea what ChatGPT is, even though I feel like the whole world knows by now, it is probably the most famous artificial intelligence alive if you even alive the most famous artificial intelligence in the world and we've actually seen a lot of people bragging about his different abilities on social media platforms he's actually passed uh, his mcat lesson uh, mcat lessons mcat tests mm-hmm. uh, he's passed business um, what's it called He's become officially law, law exams. business exams and yes. law exams. And we've definitely seen him booming uh, or his prote- production mm-hmm. and uh, productivity booming in the past few months. But Google has become very weary of his success or if it's success. And so Google CEO has promised new AI features that are coming to Google search very soon through the competition that they've actually recently began with ChatGPT. Very well known Google CEO Sundar Pichai has actually been Doing that for quite some time, ever since ChatGPT has gained traction, they've decided to dedicate an entire budget just to, so that they can actually make Google, the search engine, a lot smarter. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, we do know that Google is in very, very hot water, and Google thinks that this is the end of Google. Mm. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, as ChatGPT has threatened the authenticity of Google and how far well is Google equipped to deal with data t- questions and search queries because, ladies and gentlemen, we have been seeing ChatGPT blow it out of the water because, like Owen did mention, ChatGPT can do a lot of things. But we have seen on Tuesday how Google has said it is testing some of the features with employees as part of Code Red, which is a plan to respond to ChatGPT, which is a popular chatbot that is backed in part by Microsoft. Now, they did include a chat bot called Apprentice Bard, as well as a new search desktop design that could be used in a question and answer format. Now, the tensions and the stakes have just gotten higher, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Now, for those who don't know, Bing, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Microsoft has its own search engine, Bing. And Bing is not actually very popular among the majority of the world, but Microsoft knows that. and. What did they do? Well, they invested a couple billion dollars into OpenAI, and thus we see the baby that is ChatGPT <laughs> that a lot of people are using over Google because it will bring you straight, direct answers and will go through millions and millions and millions of search options and find you the best option. That shows you the greatest and best answer. And a lot of people have stopped using Google, believe it or not. Yeah. And Google understands that. So Google is firing back with their own. Now we are looking at how Google CEO said it will release the large language models in the coming weeks and months so the company can get more feedback. So right now we are looking at how they are doing it in-house. So they are trying the chatbot out in-house to see how it works. And they are giving and trying it out with new search queries and even engines. And 
We do know that Google is facing a lot of pressure from that chat GPT. And again, ladies and gentlemen, Google's prime business is web search. And regardless if they own Android, regardless if they own YouTube, their prime income, their revenue comes from their search engine. So when you are threatening the piece of bread that <laughs> all of the Google employees eat from, they're going to come out with a whole new bakery. Absolutely. And very soon, us customers and users of Google will actually be able to interact with their new and most powerful language model as a companion to search. We'll actually be able to uh, be we're, we're going to be able to interact with it. It's going to be more AI based than just you know, providing you with all the search results. And the recent efforts to direct attention to AI comes as they have faced a lot of pressure on their core advertising business and a competitive threats uh, from mm -hmm. ChatGPT. We've also seen that Google itself is actually going to be reflecting the same focus that DeepMind uh, has actually been focused on for quite some time. They want to go ahead and try and provide and become, once again, the be-it-all platform. So their new models are particularly amazing for composing, for constructing, and for summarizing, which, believe it or not, is very similar to what ChatGPT does. We also have seen that the Google CEO, uh, Pichai, has actually been trying to scale it slowly because he believes that slow and steady wins the race, which I honestly agree with. Google has a huge reputation, but they are definitely hitting a reputational risk. And if they don't continue to grow, they may just be actually or chat gpt may just chat gpt may just take over let us know what are your thoughts at 4215 we'll be taking a very short break but when we come back we are going to be giving you all the lay down on what is happening with apple's most recent ios update how do you tech how, how, how do you tech Ladies and gentlemen, iOS 16.3, we're going to tell you guys these new iPhone features that are out right now that you do need to try. Now, we do know that Apple did release iOS 16.3 all the way back in January, which is fine to say all the way back because it's only been a month, but because January was so long, I felt like January took forever. But it was beta version, though, back it, in January. It was the beta version, but Omnia, let's talk about the security keys that are coming to the Apple ID. Now, users can now use third-party security keys instead of a two-factor authentication for their Apple ID, which makes Apple's, uh, you know, security much, much more better because we do know that being secure and having a security key makes sure that hackers can't get into your account. Exactly. Security keys are a lot like keys to your own home. You still use passwords, but there is this extra layer of security that can help protect you against phishing scams and hackers. And so we've definitely seen that Apple's security keys are actually now a thing and we can all easily use them if we download the new iOS 16.3. Another thing that is coming with this new update is support for the second generation HomePod that a lot of people love and use and so you can go ahead and download it as well to be able to get the latest features with the HomePod. We've also seen that the Apple iOS 16.3 is providing us with new ways to use emergency SOS Verse, uh, via satellite so this actually allows you to call withhold so the call withhold option has been replaced with call withhold and release so if you enable it you can simply hold the side button and a volume button to initiate a countdown and an alarm so in cases of god forbid any emergency you can just hold down the side button and the volume button and you'll be able to call emergency or the phone will call emergency services on its own before the call withhold we've actually seen 
a lot of emergency SOS uh, call slider features, which a lot of people didn't love because mm -hmm. they were still actually not. It's not allowing them to be e to easily uh, be able to call for emergency services. And so now we're just able to do it after the countdown happens. Amazing. And I love all these new iOS updates. Thank you, Omnia, for giving us all that insight. And ladies and gentlemen, we're about to hit 3 o'clock. That means the halftime show. The only place at 3 to be with the man himself. I want to do it. Kicking off in T-minus 3 minutes. What we guys hope that you guys had a great show with us and you guys did enjoy it. But... Ladies and gentlemen, we are jumping in to the spaceship, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place, only here on Pulse. 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.